Hey, you're listening to Vinyl Verdict. I'm Jamie. I'm Bloof. And I'm Belle. Uh, this week we're listening to Working with the Miles Davis Quintet. Hey, the... you can't add the G. It's clearly working Sorry. with an apostrophe. Uh, you also can do a tagline. You can say, and we're three working. No, that doesn't matter. <laughs> they call me the working man. Oh, Jesus. The working man's podcast. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> It's a Rush song. That's why he's upset. Oh, I don't like the Rush at all. <laughs> How does he know these references, the but he hates Rush? That's crazy. <laughs> it's because Rush it's is a big band. They're yeah. a popular band. Well, no, they're not a big band. You know who is a big band? The Miles Davis hey, Quintet. Yeah, yeah, five, that's a big band. Yeah. Or six? Is it Miles Davis and the Quintet? I thought it was a quartet. No, no it's, five, it's five people in general. Yeah, Miles Davis is the was the most famous You say that was a quartet? The album name is Working with the Miles Davis Quintet. Oh, it said Quintet. I just wrote down quartet because I'm slow. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Classic. Um, no one's arguing that. <laughs> wow. Um, so Miles Davis was the most famous member of the quintet. He formed it. Um, so but, it's named after him. Uh, the Coltrane's second, on it. The second most famous person is John Coltrane. Yeah. Thanks. thanks. It's like Thanks a super for... group. Sorry, I got really excited yeah, it, when he so chose it, his it, album. Now he knows how I feel when he tells my <laughs> yeah. stories. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Um, the the Miles Davis Quintet was formed in 1956. Um, it lasted until like 1958 ish. Didn't this album come out in 1959? This of, album came out they, in 1960. They recorded the two sessions and then the album came out like two three years later. So they didn't. Oh, that's why. I'm so like, they, they released four albums. Uh, yeah. with the Miles Davis Quartet. So this is working. Quintet. There's do you, also do you sorry, have Quintet? All, no, I just have one of them. I want all four now. I did not realize it was a series, and I've only ever heard so um, cooking. Yeah, relaxing. Oh my god, steaming. That's so funny. Working. Uh, I want all working. four now so badly. Yeah, um, I want it just for there, the names. I put in my notes after listening to like half of it. I was like, "Is there like a release? Yeah, a box set release of yeah, all there, four? There is is there? I couldn't yeah. find one. Yeah, okay, you gotta uh, show me. It later. is well out of print. Uh, yeah, so all all four of these albums were remastered. Tons in of times. Nineteen eighty seven. Only once. What? It's only been remastered. I've seen like I saw. I checked Discogs after, and I thought I saw a ton of releases. Oh, weird. Okay, so this is the nineteen eighty seven remaster. This is a re release of the remaster. It might have only been remastered once, but I they've re released. Oh this yeah, album oh yeah, hundreds of times. times. Yeah, so yeah, it's okay. only been remastered oh, once. Sure, sure, sure. So it was remastered in nineteen eighty seven with all the the other ones, and uh, a a bunch of other parts of Miles Davis's catalog. Um, this is the 2014 re-release of the remaster um, that we that I listened to, or that the one I have. Um, it is not a stereo album. I don't mm. know if you guys noticed that it's not recorded in stereo. It's really it's mono roll. Wow, just doubled. I it totally felt stereo at yeah. certain points. Not all songs. I actually wrote it down where I was like, this feels very flat. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not a stereo album, but it, it does fill both speakers very nicely. Mm-hmm. It is a very high fidelity recording for something that came out in 1956. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's why they recorded in two sessions. So they recorded in January, I think it was. One moment, May, excuse me, 1956, and in October of the same year, uh, and that was because they could only get studio time. Yeah, they had at to pay those for, times they had to, they pay, had to pay for, for it, it. Yeah. and they had to pay out of their own pockets because yeah. the advance for the albums was so minuscule that it barely paid for beer. Yeah, because back then, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, even a couple of the others like uh, Red Garland, yeah, um, and oh, who's the other one? I don't recognize one of the names. Paul ja- Paul Chambers. No, Paul actually recognized it was uh, Philly Joe Jones or whatever. Uh, the piano. 
player? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I didn't really recognize him, but everyone else, like I actually well, he recognized was an piano the names. Wow, well, yeah, he was, that was good. Crazy. Uh, but they, you know, this early, like mid fifties. Oh, um, sorry, Philly Joe Jones is the drummer. I'm oh, the drummer. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Red Garland is the piano. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like mid late fifties. I mean, Miles Davis was getting popular, but Miles Davis was already popular. Um, really? The Why didn't prob- they give him a bigger advance? The advance was because they were on a small label. Oh. Um, and they had they had rather small signing bonuses because they were black. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And okay. the label was small. There it is. Um, which is, is a shame because these are really good albums. So anyway, the... The recording sessions were two marathon recording sessions. I think they said they recorded for like sixteen hours in the first one. This is basically then, live. Yeah, this is this yeah. is so each of these tracks has one take. Yeah, um, and it was recorded right to tape, and then recorded for the album. So what's interesting too is so the first track is "It Never Entered My Mind," which is a song by Richard Rodgers. Um, Richard Rodgers is the Rodgers from Rodgers and Hammerstein. The I don't know what Rodgers and Hammerstein is. Okay, so Rodgers and Hammerstein were two famous music um, writers for musicals. Yeah, you've probably heard their band, Ramstein. Yeah, <laughs> Rodgers and Ramstein. <laughs> Rodgers and Hammerstein. Short That's pretty Ramstein. good, Ramstein. <laughs> Do us. Uh, um, they're, um, they wrote the music for things like Cinderella. Oh, okay. Um, so I've probably heard Oklahoma. Yeah, but I've never yeah. thought about it. Yeah, so this is from a Rodgers and Hart musical. Hmm. Uh, anyway, all four of the, with the Miles Davis Quintet albums have... Or start off with a Richard Rogers song. That's cool. Um, so, and then the rest of them are all original works. But the it never entered my mind is kind of like um, not like a like a musical staple kind of like like how Jingle Bells is done by everybody. Yeah, I would say that every famous singer from like nineteen forty something onward, I think it's like forty. This musical came out onward has done it like frank sinatra does a version yeah. of this song but as a music like with the words sounds like you're getting ahead of yourself we're talking about songs already oh i'm sorry yeah um i thought you were just gonna say like one cool thing and well that, that was the, that was the one cool thing <laughs> yeah they yeah, all start off to with say the, when we listen to the song now <laughs> sorry like they, they all start off with a richard rogers song cool. or have a richard rogers song yeah on it. so um i thought that was kind of neat um but it it doesn't it, it feels like you're very close to the instruments doesn't it because cause it was recorded live? I don't know. I kind of feel like all... It felt like all jazz to me. It didn't feel closer or further no, away. Yeah. So jazz is very some, something that I'm interested in, but only certain kinds of jazz. Do you like jazz? I, yes, I do like jazz. Um, but I don't like jazz that has words. I don't like singing in my jazz. Yeah, that's so. To, yeah, so I kind of agree. And to me, I see that as lounge. Like Fair. As, as soon as yeah. there's like singing with jazz, I see it as like lounge basically or something else. Yeah. If it's not a lounge singer, it's I, like I something. Can, I can appreciate it like an Ella Fitzgerald album. Sure. Oh yeah. Great. Sure. But, but it's not the kind of jazz I'm into. Sure. So the kind of jazz I'm into is like, I have this album and then I have a whole bunch of albums by the Vince Guaraldi trio. Okay. And he, he's the fellow who wrote the music for the Charlie Brown comics. <laughs> cool. But, but like that kind of jazz where it's like an instrumental kind of like sometimes piano driven, yep. that kind of jazz. That's the kind of jazz I'm into. 
that's what I tend to prefer as well. Yeah. I do like all the other stuff, but that's typically... St- stuff that yeah. feels cohesive, because some jazz is just like crazy noises. Like, yeah. Remember that time we went to the record store and they were just playing that jazz album? Oh, yeah. And it just sounded like crazy noises. That was great. I loved it. I'm not into that. <laughs> it's not my kind of jazz. I like jazz that you could... You you understand what the tune is. Yeah. So, um, this is my kind of jazz music. Well, I've not listened to a ton of jazz. And I've never listened to Miles Davis before, but I always hear that My Kind of Blue is like one of the best albums of all time. So it I was is. really excited yeah. to yeah. check this out. Uh, jazz is always, I said this when we were talking about what albums we're going to choose a while back. And uh, I said, jazz always has a Christmassy vibe to me. It does. Oh. Uh, it's just maybe because when Christmas rolls around, people either listen to carols or jazz. Yeah. Like you go in a coffee shop, it's jazz. You're walking yeah. down the street, jazz. So I always think of... Walking down the street, there's very, jazz. It's very warm. <laughs> walk to a room, right? jazz. Like jazz is very warm. Yes. It's like, ah. Uh, it's inviting. It's, it's a hard album to take notes for because it's, you either like it or you don't. Yeah. And there isn't a whole lot to say other than I liked this beat or I did not like this beat especially when it's like the same band they're all very good mm-hmm. yeah so it's either just that i didn't like what they were doing or i did like what they're doing because obviously what they were doing is very skilled um this album starts off very strong yeah it never uh, entered my mind is great song. yeah and it, it was a good album it's not my favorite pacing but i sure. did enjoy i enjoyed the album it was pretty good it's it's interesting that jazz like evokes something for you because it does for me too but it, for me it's like a rainy night and cigarettes yeah so well, it depends like, on the song no, <laughs> it's always for almost you. always for jazz. If it's not fusion, if it's just like jazz, like jazz like this that. stuff, it, it's yeah, it's like a rainy night with a trench coat and a cigarette and like old jazz. noir movies. Yeah. Oh, I love Doomer jazz soundtrack like playlists. Oh my god, I love that. Sound. Uh, like a Wojak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it never entered my mind. Is the kind of song that would be played quietly. Yeah. No, but well, I just want to say a couple of things first is that like, for, no. for me, you never say no to me. I know, I know. Uh, for me, jazz is something that I only really found once I needed music to work to. Sure. Because I like that it doesn't often have lyrics. It's usually just instruments and I can't work with lyrics because then I get distracted. Um, so for me, what I would do is I would always throw on like rainy mood or like a long 10 hour rain mm. track. I would throw on some jazz, whether it was like smooth jazz, jazz fusion or something more like this, like classic jazz. Um, and then I throw on like 10 hours of fireplace or whatever. And I would just literally sit in a chair and just like work for like eight, 10 hours straight. Um, so for me, I don't know, maybe that's why jazz always evokes rain, but it just seems like the thing where you're like. It's like a noir movie. Like, I really associate jazz with noir. So I see, like, as soon as jazz comes on, I see, like, detectives smoking a cigarette. Everything's in black and white. (laughs) It's raining out. It's Seattle or something like that. So I mean, it rains in Vancouver. Yeah. They could be here. Sure. Why not? um i don't know that's that's really all i had to say it's i i love jazz and i would love to listen to this again well yeah. guess what let's give it one last listen wow What an album. <laughs> there it is. You did it.
<laughs> he did the thing. What a start to the album. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost start. a bad thing because this song is so good that it never hits this peak again for me. Oh, man. I don't know. I disagree, but that's okay. Really? It is yeah. beautiful, and I want to oh, play yeah. it 24 7. It's so warm, yeah. and I'm surprised it's mono because this this song has a lot of depth to it. And I was like, man, yeah. it paints a picture of like a peaceful slice of life. I'm picturing my future wife cooking me dinner and bringing <laughs> by, it over. By the Christmas fire? Yes, the permanent Christmas fire, <laughs> the stockings over, over top. It is gorgeous, and I could see why it's easily the most played song on Spotify by tenfold. It's crazy. Yeah, it's probably one of Miles Davis's most popular songs as well. Gorgeous. Well, it is the quintet's most popular song. Um, yeah, it is a beautiful song. I, I remember, so I bought this album because this song was in a movie. Oh. I don't remember what movie it was, but it was like, it was in a scene. It was just incidental music. And I was like, what the hell is that song? Some random Hallmark Christmas movie. No, probably. no, it was, it was like a, um, like a, like a real production sure. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just on in the background of a scene. And I was like, what the hell song is this? This is really good. Yeah. So I went on to like that uh, tune find or whatever, and it was like, oh, that's it never entered my mind by, by Miles Davis, and I was like, oh, cool. And then I, I looked it up, and and that's how I ended up buying this album. Oh, okay. So the album was not expensive. Origin by the way. story. Yeah, I don't expect them to be. Um, it's been reprinted to hell and back. Yeah, like like, and, and I went into the record store and they had one. Yeah. The day. But yeah. um, uh, we don't usually talk about the the, the record itself that this really but like i paid 17 dollars for this record sure um it, it is sure. going for like 20 dollars and 99 cents right now yeah inflation um, yeah <laughs> but yeah but i bought this album like seven eight years ago now um i don't play it that often because you have to be in a specific mood to kind of listen oh, to jazz man, i'd put this on all the i put time. it on like, like if i'm like working on something i really working. want yeah, you work. Yeah, you know, if I if I want to work with the Miles Davis, I content. want all four so bad. I was dead serious. I like started looking They're at discogs. I know dude. that's like, you why could, I was you could even get them more all for under hundred dollars. That's why I was even more ready yeah. to just buy them up. Um, but yeah, it's it's not an expensive record. There's nothing special about the yeah. the gatefold or anything. It comes with the one of those poly inserts though. Oh sure. Um, there's there's nothing inside the uh, the sleeve itself. The yeah. back has. Like a lot of old records do, it has a write-up, which is written by the producer. It's long. Oh uh, no, it it's, is very long. It's written by Phil Delancey, the fellow that, oh, that remastered. Oh wow, it. that is really long. And then each one of them has a dis- discussion each about song? the song. Yeah, that's yeah, it's awesome. Got the lyrics too. Though uh, there's, there's, no, no, there's no lyrics. <laughs> yeah, there's no lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no lyrics. This is jazz album. <laughs> But it, it it has like a write-up about Miles Davis and like the history behind recording this Man. album. And then the rest of them uh, are just like track by track breakdowns about like, oh, this is how this was recorded. And like they didn't like how they sounded on this one, but they couldn't afford to, you know, pay for another recording. So this is it. This is why you get the theme take one and the theme take two on the same album. (laughs) So, um but they, the theme take one and the theme take two don't sound anything like each no. other. I thought it was They're crazy. Different. That's in my notes. I'm like, I don't. They don't sound similar at all. No. Like, no. Okay. Um, but the interesting thing I thought about this album and reading some like contemporaneous stuff and reading up on it and reading the liner notes even, um, they 
didn't go into the recording session with like a track listing is like these are the the six songs we're going to record these are the eight songs we're going to record they just played yeah and then uh, out of that came four albums yeah hmm. four impressive albums four yeah from some very talented dudes yeah like um, the rest don't get me wrong the rest of them aren't like as well known but Coltrane and Miles Davis are probably like the two yeah, two John of Coltrane, the absolute yeah, biggest absolutely. names in jazz ever yeah, uh, absolutely. Miles Davis went on to do some really weird jazz in the oh, 70s. Really? And I listened to his weird stuff. Uh, he did a lot of stuff that was like vaguely funk. Ooh. It's like funk jazz. And then people told him he sold out. What? Because he, he just gave up playing jazz. Like, That's hilarious. Like jazz like this. Wow. And then he did a he whole bunch of albums out. that sounded like like Parliament or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Miles Davis uh, and John Coltrane, huge heroin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so this album uh, came out between John Coltrane taking up and giving up heroin. That's crazy. Um, and like Miles Davis, semi crippling heroin addiction, and I think another one of them had like a severe heroin addiction. Just Man, like that stuff must be good. Just like the rest Jesus. of jazz musicians. Ronald Verdi does not condone use of heroin. <laughs> Sweet, sticky tar heroin. Oh, um, I really liked uh, It Never Entered My Mind, though. Oh, uh, God, it's so good. When the trumpet hits, like just a bit after the piano. And it's near muted. The start, it's muted trumpets. Perfection. It's oh, yeah. it's fantastic. I love how soft the drums are in the back, kind of just yeah. filling everything out nicely. And then yeah. the trumpet cuts out for a little while, around four minutes, to let the piano, piano and the bass solo? do their yeah. thing. Fantastic. You know, Beautiful. It's a long song that doesn't feel Five and a half out. minutes long. All of, all of these, and that's something I kind of love about jazz, is it just kind of free flows and it goes and it never that's why i can work to it right because it never feels like an abrupt end or start mm-hmm. to anything it just kind of goes and flows into itself and yeah oh, it is a beautiful fantastic. song too yeah i don't i've never heard the lyrics from it like, i don't know like, yeah I don't like it, it. it is a famous show tune the musical it is from is not it never entered my mind sure no, i don't know. probably sounds like that yeah we're gonna get copyrighted <laughs> straight for that one um bell do you have any thoughts about that no pretty much shared it all I just yeah. uh i really like the I just really like it all. Yeah. And it's too bad because it makes me like the others less. Oh. And the tone change to four is... Yeah, uh, it's abrupt. Yeah. It's very it's, abrupt and, and the, it the drums are feels, very loud. Yes. And it yeah. feels flatter because of it. Um, oh, man. Until the sax comes in about halfway through the song, I feel like it's flat. But when the sax comes in, there's a bit more dimension. But mm-hmm. the whole time, I'm like, the production feels very different from Never Entered My Mind, which is crazy because it was recorded all at once. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, probably not in the same order. Um, I don't think they were recorded in the same order, but uh, they were assembled in this order. This uh, particular one is written by Miles Davis himself. It's called Four. It is really loud uh, right out of the gate. Yeah, it's a big change up. Yeah, very it is, bombastic and yes, upbeat. It is very of a time. It is very big bandy sounding. Yes. It, um, this t- I wrote very much a classic jazz track. Yes, it is a very yeah. classic jazz track and it has very loud drums. Yeah. The, all is, those quick drum solos like near the end yeah, though, yeah, around yeah. six minutes, they're really fun. Um, and then I really like some of the little flourishes on the piano yeah. quite a bit. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I really like four, but I really like like classical jazz and shit. So yeah, yeah made sense. Uh, in your own sweet way, the next track is written by Dave Brubeck, who is also oh, Dave Br- yeah, yeah, Brubeck's very He's famous. Very, his, it, his album Take Five is yeah, 
is That's a another one I own. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Take Five is a great album. Maybe I'll listen to it one day. With you I guys. would love to. It's uh, it's funny though. This is like the only one that I didn't actually like all that much. I mean, I like it's it fine. still. Yeah. Um, but it, this one just feels kind of too freeform. Yeah. For the rest of the album, it's like they just start kind of soloing a little too much about halfway through. Um, I really like it still, but it's mm-hmm. just yeah, I find it distracting in, in comparison to the other tracks. Really, I thought yeah. the sax player. Just killed it in the song. I oh yeah, man. that would be your friend John Coltrane. A lot, sure. yeah. A, a lot of the a lot of the solos are great. It's mm. just uh, my only problem was it's too distracting because those solos are so like different and good. I don't know. No, it's a weird like, thing. Yeah, I wanted to. I guess I just wanted it to stand out because sure. like when it joins in around the half minute mark, from like then on, it got me back a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm now engaged. Like I don't. It's hard. Yes, album can be really good background music, but then are you gonna? When would you put it on? Right, all the time. Yeah, no, that's then the, there's so many that are good. I know, so and that's the best. I, part I needed to have a hook, otherwise I'm either not gonna listen to it, <laughs> or I'm gonna put something else on. I've been putting together the uh, tall neck from um, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh-huh. the Lego model. And you just put jazz in the background. Yeah, I've been putting this Hell album on yeah. just because it's like it's not distracting. I will at Christmas. Sure. I'll put on uh, this jazz on. I have a I have an instrumental Christmas album by Percy Faith. Percy Faith was a Canadian. Uh, his big hit was theme from a summer place, which was the theme from a movie. Cool. Um, but he was a band leader. Uh, oh, okay. And, but he has a, a really nice album of Christmas music that's all orchestral. And you know what? Maybe we'll talk about that one closer to the date. Closer to the season. Are we going to do like favorite Christmas? Maybe yeah, so we're talking about Miles maybe. Davis today. Okay, right? We're getting too far ahead of us. Now it's the theme. <laughs> <laughs> Take one. Take one specifically. Two minutes. The shortest track on the entire. Yeah. Theme song for. Oh no, it's not. The last. The theme is also the theme. Yeah. Take yeah. two is also what is the this theme for. It's just the theme. <laughs> I I love the bass. I think the bass. Yeah, it starts really like thirty good. seconds, and I was like, yeah. "Damn, we need more stand-up bass." Yeah, that's, that's I wrote. It sounds like a cello or a stand-up bass. I really, really liked it. Uh, would you believe that Paul Chambers is playing both a stand-up bass Damn. and a cello? Yeah, I read He's that. Got a hand on each. <laughs> he, he has both with him. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, wild. St- upright I, bass is cool. I yeah. I love a good stand-up bass or a cello. Yeah, because I think that they're not used enough. Like I can't remember which cello. album uh, that Les Claypool started experimenting with cello on. But there's one where you can really hear a lot of that like weird deep stringy kind of noise. I've seen the Bare Naked Ladies twice. Oh, really? Man, I love that guy. No way. And the guy plays his upright bass. Yeah. No way. Yeah, the little time. skinny guy. That's awesome. He's been doing it for I think the entire life of the band. Because I remember yeah. seeing him when I was a kid and he was there going nuts on the sand. Yeah, yeah. 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 I love this. So sick. cool. Doom, yeah. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> yeah, he, he he kills it. Yeah, they they're a great band to see live. Um, yeah, even though they did do the theme to the Big Bang Theory. Uh, Big Bang Theory. That's well, okay. Uh, the interesting thing about this theme, uh, I don't the ending. Da, 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 da. It's classic. I'm like that is uh, whoa. Did right? It start here or what? Because that is a trope if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I don't know if it started here as That's well. That's very a big band thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was really interesting. It's funny. They I did not expect it at the very end of the they song. They end. Uh, I read up on it later because I was curious. That's all I had folks. heard that like a million times as well. Uh, but apparently, he ended every uh, like every concert with the theme take two. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, that's like how he used to end concerts. Apparently, I don't know. Oh, cool. That was a rand. You know, I could be wrong. I'm not from the that, 50s. That's but, neat. Uh, that's what I read. <laughs> I could be wrong. I didn't make it up on the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. I read a thing on the internet. It's that a, makes it's it a good end. It's a good end cap to yeah, because it just ends. Yeah. the thing two doesn't end with that. No, how's the thing two end? Oh, crazy. In in comparison to the other jazzy album we listened to, the the Chuck Mangione album we oh, yeah. listened to with Alex, um, 
what, what's your take on like because his Chuck Mangione stuff is longer. He's well, Chuck Mangione is also more big band than jazz to me. Yes, yeah, he well, he had the entire orchestra to- there totally, yeah. but like even his other stuff. Well, I guess uh, it's not all super big band. It's like it's like jazz rock almost. Sort kind of. of. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to describe. I, I guess, appreciate both albums. Like there's like a time and place for both yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're on to Trains Blues, which is. There's uh, a Coltrane written, album called Train, Trains Blues. Yeah, and it's on this uh, <laughs> yeah. version of this song is on it. <laughs> yeah, um, really. But uh, this is a John Coltrane track. Yeah, it's led by John Coltrane. I the like the trumpet t- sort of takes a back seat on this one. Yeah, I it was like it. a default jazz song to me. It is. It's it, just like if you thought jazz song, this would be the song <laughs> for I, better or worse. I wrote that it's very consistent and tight. Like the whole thing, just start to finish, is very tight. Nice piano solo around five minutes, and then the bass just after seven. And, uh, yeah, the bass really took it home near the end there. I really like this track. I prefer Ahmad's Blues. Really? Yeah, I, I like do. that. I like Train's Blues more, but really? I did. I liked Ahmad's Blues as well. I like the the cello that comes in at, like, oh, yeah. 222. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, because you don't hear it very often. No. So, like, that unique, really deep like uh, instrument bow, and yeah. it's playing like the horn part yeah so it's really fast the motions back and forth and you can hear every back and forth motion and it just really takes it somewhere different uh because of that speed and that changing dynamic dynamicism i was wow. like this is great yeah it, that's a an Amon jamal track Amon jamal was a jazz pianist or is a jazz pianist he's still alive um but he's like 90 years old oh, he's yeah. not too much of a pianist anymore Boom. I love how this is like it's a shot. It's just a fact. <laughs> I love I love how this is like solo the track. Like everyone kind of gets yeah, to everyone gets share a little the bit. spotlight uh on this one. If they were performing it live, they'd all, you know, get their little moment. Yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. Which is really cool. Half Nelson. It's another default jazz song. But yeah. I do like the pacing better and the basic drum beat I think mm-hmm. is more fun than uh some other drum beats we've had. Um yeah. this is the only track recorded on the October twenty sixth. Um, oh, uh, second session. Every other track was recorded on May 11th. Oh, that's a huge gap. Yeah. That's wild. You know, the, that was the only two times they could get uh, studio time, I guess. Yeah. Popular studio. That yeah. makes sense because they really kind of jump right into it with the trumpet and the saxophone on this one. Like it feels a little different. Uh, I believe cooking with, or sorry, cooking. Cooking, yeah. <laughs> with the Miles Davis quintet. Uh, was recorded mostly in October. Oh, okay. Yeah, the I, October session. I really like the classic cymbal timekeeping on the drums yeah. throughout. Just fantastic. Um, yeah, the drum solo just after three minutes mm-hmm. is great. Uh, but that brass is like it's really the star of the show on the track. Oh yeah, absolutely. It really, really is. Uh, it is. Um, it is a good second to last track on the album. Yeah. The theme. Take two. Take two. Is just the theme, but it's different, <laughs> and it doesn't end with the da 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 da. da yeah. Da, See, I thought da. that this one was a very classic ending, though. I even wrote that down. I like that. Yeah. I so I think this one is too. Like I'd have to listen to them both again, but I'm pretty sure that like, yeah. It says like a long two is a very tone. classic. Like ending. it's just like holding the last. Yeah. Note, which is, I mean, true. Uh, I like this take better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I really don't like that. No, it, I don't like that. It's weird halfway through the album too. Mm-hmm. What? How does it? Sh- how does it split? Oh, um, that's a great question. Hold the on. Theme it, yeah. the, the, so the theme is the last one. Okay. The first side. Right. Yeah, the theme 
bookends both sides. I wonder if that's why they put that in there. Because they just needed a way to end the first half. Well, it fills up the the side, too, because the other ones, like, for example, Cooking with the Miles Davis Quintet only has four tracks. Really? This might be the longest album. And it's only 42 minutes. 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's only eight songs, 42 minutes long. Yeah, Yeah. Cooking is 34 minutes long. Dang. And then um, I forget how long Steaman is, but... Um, relaxing. Um, relaxing. I want to get relaxed. Rela- relaxing is a good album too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good listening one. Um, but like, if you th- think about it, like, th- like one of the liner notes I think says like, by the time this one was recorded, the beer was starting to get warm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, how long had they been in the studio? Well, at it that was point? steaming in there. It was <laughs> steaming. They were cooking. <laughs> <laughs> at this point they were just working to get they weren't even they weren't even relaxing anymore they yeah. were just working yeah <laughs> um i don't know J- jazz is such an interesting um thing to me like i don't own a ton of jazz albums i own far more comedy albums than i do jazz albums. <laughs> yeah but you have too many comedy yeah, albums you have too many comedy albums oh comedy is such an interesting <laughs> thing though it, it, because like you're getting a comedy album that's just like a it's a slice of like a live performance yeah. right for the most part um, and I th- I think that's interesting. And this is like a slice of a live performance almost yeah. too because it was recorded as they were playing it. And the guy just hit stop when they ran out of tape. Yeah. So I I think it's I think it's an interesting album. I, I think these are I, I think this is a good time capsule of a of a period in time when Miles Davis was very productive. Hmm. Um, and then it was so productive that they broke up the quintet after the four albums came out. Yeah. This album didn't come out for four years They're after. They were too powerful. Yeah. Too powerful. Too strong. It was almost like a super group, honestly. Yeah. Well, it, like he would form many quintets. Yes. And the, he would form bigger groups, too. Yeah. And then he would form like three, like triplets or, you know, um, you know, like the trios, I guess they yeah. would call them. But, um, <laughs> Quartets. Quartets. Four of them. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But anyway, like he would have all kinds kinds of different groups. Yeah. And it would last for like maybe an album or two. This one lasted for four albums, which is unusual. Only two sessions. They two just sessions pumped before, a lot of music yeah, out. Yeah, they pumped a lot of music out. Um and this one hit um pretty high up on the jazz charts of yeah. the time. Um, it's listed on the you know the 500 greatest albums of all time. I think it was like like 128 or something mm-hmm. like that. It's it's like number like 87 on the 1001 albums you have to listen to before you die. Someone's got to fact check this guy. He's just throwing out numbers now. <laughs> Jimmy, um, pull that up. <laughs> Jimmy, fact check that for me. Um, but but it's it's like a well regarded jazz staple. Yeah. Um, God, it never entered my mind. It's such a good song, too. Like, mm. like it could stand on its own. Mm. Um, I would buy a single that just had Dang. it never entered my mind like Me a too. dozen times. I would as well. Oh, so good. Anyway, uh, did did anyone have any more closing thoughts? Or I mean, I'll give you my verdict. I oh, it's a little your vinyl verdict. Yeah, sorry, patent pending. Patent trademark pending. <laughs> TM. Yeah. Um, Visit us at our website. Yeah, For me, I love jazz. I don't have a ton of albums, but I probably have like more than you'd think. Yeah. Uh, especially if you count like fusion and stuff. Um, I love this album. I want to go buy it. I want to mm. go buy all four. I I see this as basically like the quintessential jazz album. Sure. Um, I I I put it on for myself. I put it on for company. I put it on just for whatever. Like I'm just doing something for a while. I'll put this album on and play it. Um, 
I'd honestly give it like a nine out of ten. This, wow. this is like this is a fantastic album. I love jazz. I love Miles Davis. I want to go own a bunch of Miles Davis now after like really stopping because I've heard, um, if not some of these tracks, some of his tracks on like different jazz playlists yeah. and stuff. But I don't own a single Miles Davis album, so I basically need to go and buy all four of these now. Um, He's shaking. He need. He oh yeah, needs I'm to. like just. I gotta get my <laughs> fix. Need it. I need my Miles Davis. Um, yeah, I I don't know if you find out where I can find that like the the, the big box the set. big box set of it. If it's even marked up a little, I'll probably buy it. It's like, on Discogs. Did you see it? I couldn't find it, dude. I okay. looked after. I couldn't find it. But oh, anyway, yeah, nine, nine out of ten. I love this. I yeah, just throw more jazz my way because I'm a big fan. God, I love jazz. Yeah. Wow. Uh, mine. It's not a bad album. There were some hits in there, and it never entered my mind. Is an amazing song. I yeah. would also try to find a single so I could own it. Or this, I guess, since it's not <laughs> super expensive. Yeah, it's cheap. Uh, I can see it throwing on for company, but I don't think it's something I'd play super often. Do the couple songs that kind of fade away in the background and just don't make a presence to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did make me want to listen to more Miles Davis, though, and it definitely brought a new appreciation to the genre. But we talked about it early with uh, Evening of Magic by Chuck Mangione, mm-hmm. or just Chuck Mangione in general. I would prefer to listen to him. I thought that was like a bit more fun and light and something yeah. that I'd put on to enjoy or with company. It is more easy listening, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'd put in the 12th spot underneath An Evening of Magic by Chuck Mangione and above the Mars Volta self-titled album. Feel so good beats out this album. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's, that's you know fair. Because it feels so good. It feels so good. Yeah. But it never entered my mind. Will be something I listen to for ages now. Like yeah, that was such a good song. beautiful. Yeah. If I was a man who cried at songs, that would that would have been it. Bella's crying. But right I was now. feeling good at the moment. Yeah, now I'm not feeling good. I am in tears. Uh, but yeah, no, that is an absolutely beautiful song that like took me somewhere else. Yeah. But the rest of the album just couldn't live up to it. Dang. I got to pick a jazz album now. Yeah. Well, not, not guess next. What? Whoa, whoa. Next whoa. is your pick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My ver- final verdict. Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> not even getting the Jamie. Cut that. Cut that out of here. It's a 12 out of 13. Now let's wow, cut back yeah. to Bell. <laughs> <laughs> or blue for whoever was talking. Wow. Do you have anything else to share? Why do you give it a 12 out of 13, Jamie? I think that's one of the highest ratings that you've ever given. That is the highest rating you've ever given. Uh, it is just a beautiful... It's, it's a nice album. Yeah. Uh, it's... Um, I mean, as, as a jazz package, uh, you get a lot of jazz for 15 bucks. Hell yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, some of the songs you write are kind of forgettable, but they're all pretty in their own little way i could uh it yeah. never entered my mind though oh god it's so good please listen to that song <laughs> it, it, bell could just put it in the middle yeah just put like, the whole just, thing just put the whole thing it's like when we say we're gonna listen to the album just put that <laughs> put that part in the middle just put the whole song yeah remember that time we accidentally put the whole album in the middle this is a family guy you can't make that happen by saying that <laughs> didn't that happen once before though when we Maybe. accidentally edited it uh, there's no proof oh, there's no proof it's no gone proof. now <laughs> oops anyway um. Yeah. Uh, what's our next pick, there, young man? I am gonna change things a is little bit. Is it a bit. jazz album? It is not a jazz album because Freak. I chose this ages ago. Um, Chili Willies. No. Just I'm, let him, let him tell you what he's gonna pick. Gonna Why are you go, guessing? I'm gonna go with uh, with an A band, a band that starts with a little a, letter A. I'm gonna go oh. Audio Slave. Oh, <laughs> oh I was guessing Abba too. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I'm gonna keep the theme strong, and I'm gonna go with another self-titled album. So Audio Slave by Audio Slave. Uh, which is Rage Against the Machine minus uh, 
Zach De La Rocha. Yeah, it's got Chris Cornell in there instead. Yeah. I have never listened to Audio Slave, not yeah. a single song. That's crazy. Oh, so You're good. in for a wild time. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's a, a great bit album. Of a, bit of a long album, but we'll see. And remember when we were talking about World in Conflict earlier? Yeah. That, there, there's an Audio Slave song in that, even though the game takes place in 1987. Oh, what song? Yeah, because that album, uh, the album had just come out, and I guess gasoline the, or something, maybe. No, uh, show, me, show me how to live. Show me how to live. That was yeah. a pretty, that was one of their hits. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Cool. Cool. See you later. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Oh, that's cut. I'm the last one.